Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? Here at More To Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, and I have a special guest with us today, Gwen Smith, and together we want to help you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So Gwen Smith, for those of you who don't know this amazing lady and someone I consider a friend, she is an author, a speaker, a worship leader, a songwriter, a volleyball enthusiast who lives in sunny North Carolina and has been married to her hunky college honey Brad for 24 years. They are tired parents to all three tall, competitive, sport-playing young people ages 17 to 21 who keep them on their toes and on their knees. Her online friends meet Gwen at gwensmith.net to connect and be encouraged. And her goal is to help women know and trust God more. Gwen's latest book, I Want It All, encourages readers to press on to take possession of God's promises and comes complete with a Bible study guide and questions for reflection. Gwen speaks, leads worship, eats potato chips at women's events everywhere, and she is co-founder of the conference and devotional ministry, Girlfriends in God. I love what you do, Gwen. So would you jump in and say hello and welcome? Hey, Lisa. It's just an honor to be here. I'm real excited. Hello to all you out there listening. Excited to be with you. I'm glad you're here. So we actually first connected, I think, through the Kingdom Hearts Conference, right, on Long Island? We we did, and it is actually one of my one of my favorite stories of getting to an event ever. I don't know if you remember, but the, <laughs> there was a big Nor'easter that weekend and a major storm. And I remember heading from Charlotte and I had a, a connection flight in Philadelphia. It was the only way I could get to, to Long Island mm-hmm. that particular weekend. And so I had a, a connection in Philadelphia and then I was supposed to head into JFK. Well, what happened was I left early um, on a Friday morning got my flight, which I wasn't sure because most of the flights on the Northeast had been canceled. Mm -hmm. So I got my flight, made it to Philadelphia, and then everything shut down. And literally that that event was starting the next day. So the next couple hours were this bizarre movie-like epic situation where I was like in planes, trains, and automobiles where (laughs) I chose to forget about staying over in Philly. And I I got on a, 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 a shuttle that took me to the Amtrak station. And then from the Amtrak station went into Penn station and, and then had to get to long Island. And then it was truly, it was the most crazy. It was like an 18 hour journey to get there, but we had an awesome time. I got to meet you. It was crazy. And the Lord moved. Right. Right. The conference managed to work and work itself out. People ended up coming and there was hardly any snow. If I remember, it was just like a dusting. Well, but your journey to Long Island is actually normal. I mean, I don't know if you were aware of that, but that is kind of the normal experience. It's a one-way in and a one-way out, and you can never predict how long it will take you. Yeah, it was way crazy, Mm -hmm. but it was a wonderful weekend, and I got to meet you, so yay. It was wonderful. So your heart for women, kind of describe it in a a nutshell or longer than a nutshell. What is your heart for women? I want to help them know and trust God more. That's good. You know, you know, that's simply it. I want, you know, everything I do, whether it's writing a devotion for girlfriends in God or writing a book or writing songs, I'm a songwriter and or leading worship. I want to connect the heart of women to the heart of God and help them know and trust him more. Okay. 
And what fires that passion? Tell us your backstory a little bit. How'd you get to that place? (laughs) Jesus. That's always the right answer. answer, (laughs) Um, You know, I've I've been radically changed by the restoration power and redemption of Christ. So, um, you know, I felt called to the ministry when I was a teenager at church camp. I don't know if you ever went to church camp. I know you lived at a church camp or kind of ran a lot of youth (laughs) events for years. Um, But my heart was... Um, belonged to Jesus as a kid, um, came to know Christ in a little Sunday school class led by Mr. Dunn. Shout out to all the Sunday school teachers. You guys are awesome. Um, But I came to know the Lord young. And then as a teenager, started to grow in my faith and really own it instead of just, you know, um, the salvation thing, just really understanding God's plan and design for my life. And I always, you know, I kind of use the phrase as a teenager, obviously totally imperfect, but I I really tried my best to follow the cross instead of the crowd. Mm. And, you know, ultimately, yeah, and certainly not perfect. And then I went off to college and really started to walk the fence, which is never good and had one foot in the world, one foot in the word. And, um, and then I ended up with a, just a disastrous, um, split when my choices to be sexually active with my college boyfriend um, landed us with an unplanned pregnancy and in an abortion clinic as a junior in college. So um, never in a million years would I have expected that to be my story as a young girl who grew up in Sunday school and who loved the Lord. Mm-hmm. And yet I found myself in the place of devastation and brokenness at the age of 20 years old thinking that there was no way um, my life could ever be um, made well or experience wholeness and goodness in Christ. I just, I just thought I had, had, had positioned myself for destruction because of what I chose, that I would mm-hmm. never again know the goodness of the Lord in my life and that I didn't deserve it. And honestly, obviously, I didn't. Um, I knew the devastation of, of just horrific choices and I and I felt hopeless and it was through my processing of of that dark jagged time in my life that the Lord met me um and this is where the prodigal story actually resounds so so much in my heart because it's uh, you know when Jesus tells that story about the prodigal who 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 wanted all of his inheritance up front, give me everything, and then he went and spent it, you know, spent it all and wasted it, and then made horrible choices and found himself in this pigsty. And it says that when he came to his senses, mm. that he returned to the Father, and that is me in a nutshell. When I came to my senses. I returned to my father. And, and what I found was just what Jesus talks about in the prodigal story is that God was not there with his hands on his hips, wagging his fingers, saying, you are just horrible. He said, I love you. And he ran to me. He forgave me. Um, I was restored and made new. So how coming from that, and we all have different stories. And I, I speak to women all the time who say, I never, you know, I, I don't deserve to be free. I don't deserve God's grace. I mean, 
one out of every three women listening to this, you, this might even be you, you guys have this same story or it's something similar or some other type of brokenness. And you've just felt like, I don't know if I could ever experience freeness and goodness in God or have anything significant to offer. And I would say I am living proof that you can and you do. Mm -hmm. And that is the gospel. It is, I do not deserve to have this opportunity to share about his hope and his um, restoration power in my life. But that is what grace is all about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the promise is true that when we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That does not set anything in our lives aside saying, except for that. Right. Right. So without exception. Without exception. It's beautiful testimony. I'm ashamedly a grace girl. And and that is what the, you know, that's the fire in my belly. Yeah. And I, I understand that fire in the belly because you, you have the before the present and then the after you're able to look back and realize I, I was on the right track and then I went off the track and there are consequences of that track, but got a, a, a set a place for me to come back onto that track. And you are living on this side of redemption. And, and so, you know, his grace and you know, his fullness and, I'm glad you said that there's nothing that is is not within the realm of his grace. So it's do you, true. Do you think that's a struggle for women? I absolutely know it is. I, it was a struggle for me. In fact, part of my journey to know and trust God more was going through layer after layer of growth in his word to recognize um, the hope that I actually have and the calling on my life that is not canceled out by my failings. Right. So on that kind of idea of grace and growing in faith, I know you had a particular scripture passage you were thinking that we could dive into in Joshua. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to read from uh, Joshua chapter one through verse nine, and then you can kind of unpack it for us and tell us why this is an important passage to us. What do you think? Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. So after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south, to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors. I would give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave to you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Okay. 
so quite the challenge to Joshua. He had huge shoes to fill, and I look at that, and I think he, you know, the, commis the commission was be strong and courageous to not fear. And I think in my life, I mean, there is this constant, you know, presence of feeling weak and feeling wimpy and having a lot to worry about. So weak, wimp, worry. I got the W's working <laughs> big overtime a lot of times. And, and honestly, the weariness of it all, because I don't know about your life, um, but I'm guessing it's probably similar to mine where, um, you know, when I was a kid, I loved spinning around. So I would, you know have a blast just stick sticking my arms out like if I'm out in the in the you know the grass and I'm um, just having a blast like just being dizzy I, I would love to spin around and fall to the ground it was really fun but as an adult I don't love it no no <laughs> but I feel it you know yeah it's like I, I'm constantly feeling like I'm in the spin cycle of life and I need someone press the stop button and so when I see be strong and courageous and don't fear I'm like hey yay that is like crazy because where does that meet me? So, you know, the context of this is this was a commissioning of Joshua. He's stepping into a leadership role and his purpose is huge. I mean, it is not like it, this small little mission. It's not like make, make lunch. It's like, um, take these couple million Israelites and let's move them into uncharted promised land territory. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but you're going to have to depend on the Lord and and trust him in areas that don't even make sense. And, and, and then even when he took possession, you, uh, you know, of the beginning of Jericho, um, after crossing the Jordan, which was a whole miraculous journey in and of itself, what happens is, is the Lord starts to give these really bizarre war tactics. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, walk around a wall and blow a trumpet, you know, make some funky noises, be quiet. You know, it's just, you know, sometimes what God leads us, the ways he leads us in to wage war don't even make sense. And so mm -hmm. I, I can really resonate, you know, and, and the whole, you know, your purpose in this series is talking about how we can have unblinded faith, how, how our faith can be bolstered in life. And when I find myself in a spin, you know, in a spin cycle and feeling worried and weary, I'm just reminded that there is a call for us to be strong and courageous mm -hmm. and to not fear. And so it reminds my soul that I need to press on to take possession of all of God's promises, which are available to me in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, that's what stood out to me as I read the passage was study this book of instruction continually, yeah. meditate on it day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. So how do you have your quiet time? How do you meditate on the book of instruction continually, day and night? What does that look like for you? That looks different every day, and it looks um, like high mountains and low valleys. <laughs> That's honest. That's perfectly. good. I'm, seriously, I don't do it perfectly. I am... Oh my gosh, Elisa, I am the one who gets distracted by shiny objects. Mm. I am that, I am that, you know, just sanguine, the, you know, the party is now and, um, you know, that's just my personality. So for me to, to be still, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. And as much as I, um, my heart is naturally positioned to respond to the Lord just because I am constantly aware of my need for him. Um, 
just positioning my butt in a chair <laughs> or on a couch and in front of the word is a battle. And, you know, and it's so funny because even if you go back to the story of Joshua, once they took possession of that first area of the promised land, they weren't done. It was a battle after battle after battle. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's the same as me. So how do I do quiet time? Um, I try to associated with coffee time, yes. <laughs> coffee and quiet, coffee and quiet. Um, but I'll, one of my best practical triggers is my journal. Mm. Um, I'm using, uh, I get distracted even in my prayer time because I like to pray responsively after I've been, you know, reading the word. Um, and I will remember something I have to do. So I don't want to forget it. So, you know, so my journal helps to focus my heart and I've learned to jot and not put pressure on myself to, to journal per se. Yeah. And so I have, I make my little lists. I use bullet points and it's, I'm praying for this person, this person, this situation, this situation, this moved me in my reading this morning. So I don't feel like I have to write paragraph after paragraph or be prolific and fancy. It's like, here's my trigger points for memory. And here are my biggest heart concerns now. And then what happens is because I, I did jot, even if I do get distracted, um, one of my disciplines is seriously having like a notebook beside me mm -hmm. so that if, if I remember something I have to do during the day, mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I'll write that down and then get back to what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a linear thinker. I'm just not. And so yeah. I'm not a linear worshiper either. So I Excellent. don't think God, ex <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think God ex expects us all to, you know, have the same, you know, uh, worn knees as George Mueller or, or, you know, Andrew Murray, uh, but you know, the ones who were so ridiculously committed to, to prayer and, 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 and I am committed to prayer. It's just not going to look the same. Right. And I don't, you know, so, yeah. I'm so glad you answered that way because that's one of my, like, um, like passion points is that we have to understand our God-given nature and our wiring and our personality because when we understand that and start looking at how we are in relationship with other people and how we do life daily, it frees us to be in that unique relationship with Christ. And to spend that time with the word, the very first woman I ever coached, uh, she was actually a practice coaching client. And we were exploring that, like, what does it look like for her to develop a kind of biblical discipline? And so I asked her a very simple question. I said, well, where do you feel the closest to God? And she said, actually, when I'm out walking mm -hmm. and then photographing his, you know, his work. And then coming home and putting that in frames and doing note cards with it, that's where I feel closest to God. And so I, I asked her, I said, okay, so that's really good. You're, you're communing with him, you're talking to him, but how can you get the word into you in that, in that process, right? Sitting down with the Bible open from her wasn't going to do it. So she actually answered the question and she said, I need to get the Bible on audio tape and I yes. need to listen to it while I'm walking and then respond to him as I'm listening right to the word. And I'm like, mm -hmm. brilliant. She came up with the solution. And instead of looking at the way her mother does it or her sister or her Bible study leader and saying, oh, you know, I'm failing because I don't meet with God that way. She came up with how do I get the components in the word 
and time where my mind is steadfast on, on the word and in communication with God. I love that. I have um, found something similar for me is that I'm doing the Bible in a year on an app. And the thing that I've decided on the front end is that I'm not going to do it in a year. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to do it as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, like some days it's, you know, cause it's either a proverb or a Psalm, old Testament and new Testament. Sometimes um, that proverb is all I need to really reflect on for that particular day. Yes. And so I'm not stressing myself out. I'm being reflective and in the moment, according to, you know, where I am in that day. And, um, you know, is that sending me to jot, to journal, to, um, to confess, to mm-hmm. connect with God. And so, but I'm, I'm similar to her because what I do with that, because that's helping to keep my unfocused mind, um, mm-hmm. focused on the word. But what I do, because I'm audible as well. I actually, when I have, I actually like to see it and hear it at the same time. So my Bible app actually speaks. Yes. So, so I actually will have my Bible open in my office and then I will, or wherever, and I will have my phone beside me and let it read to me while I'm reading it. Yes. So I actually go through it that way. And sometimes I'll pause it and, you know, I'm writing in my Bible or stuff, but that way I'm kind of experiencing it differently. Mm -hmm. So I think that's awesome. I wish my plan was simple, but because I volunteered to co-lead Bible study at church, I've been thrown into having to do whatever the Bible studies are assigned. (laughs) And, and they're good. They have been good for my soul this year. They have stretched me in a lot of different ways, but I, I thrive on just the scriptures. Like I just want to be able to read my Bible in my lap, underline, highlight, and be in it. So kind of my commitment is one chapter. And I have, I'm all over the place because it may be one chapter from that Bible study homework or with the more to be tribe, we're doing this thing since January, 2018 called the raw scripture study. And so I came up with uh, two verses a week under a theme per month. And then the idea is raw is for read a is for apply and uh, W is for write. And so I write that scripture verse in my journal because we're all different. Like how we process information is reflective of our God-given wiring. And, and you as a worship leader are going to be bent to that experiential time. Whereas for me, I can't hear music in the background because I'll be worshiping and I'll forget that I'm supposed to be reading something. I can only do one <laughs> thing at a time. <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. So that well, I do good. something similar. I like your raw. I do something w- similar. I always say um, for my my people, I say read, then reflect, then remind yourself of what it's saying to you, and then respond. Oh, you got in, the R's. You know, in, 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 yeah, I, I go with the R's. But yeah, it's the same idea. It's like don't just read it and be like check the box. It yeah. has to lead you to a response, and it has to it has to influence and in, you know, the way we live. Right. And I, what I've discovered, maybe you can speak to this is that as a young Christian, I always thought application meant doing, whereas <laughs> now application has become more understanding the character of God. Mm. Yeah. And, and living responsively to it. So mm. there is that it's almost like a circular dynamic where it's, and it's a, it's a, I would say, you know, 
the thing that I'm finding is there has to just be a constant yielding. Mm-hmm. And I'm stubborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, preach. <laughs> I, I'm a stubborn woman. I really am. I'm, I've got a lot of opinions, and I think you should know about them. Um, and my husband just loves that about me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not. But it, but it, it is maddening uh, because I want to be heard, but I'm learning that it's a lot better when I listen. And so, but it's, there's a, this yielding, even there's a tension, you know, in marriage or with my teenagers or, um, in whatever scenario of life I find myself in and the stubborn flesh side of me can really, can really dig in. And I'm, I'm really, really trying to yield in those moments to say, Lord, I'm like not wanting to say that, but okay. Um, You know, and so, you know, in terms of the action is just a melting of my stubbornness a lot of times and listening to the prompts of the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, there is, but it's knowing the word too. So the word has to be at work. Right. You know, right. So let me ask you, uh, I know a, a story, a little backstory of something that you guys went through in the last oh. year that was rather traumatic <laughs> with the house fire. Can we go there? Can you talk about how that impacted your faith and what what, what have you learned since in that walking through that process? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. So, well, you know, um, it was about a year ago. It was March 21st, 2017. And it was actually spring break for my kids. So, we were home. Um, we didn't go anywhere. And honestly, it's just God's sovereignty. You just, I, you see now being removed from it, I see so much of his hand at work. Mm. Um, the blessing um, of, of having been home when our house got fire, uh, I just can't even, here's the situation. So we're home for spring break. My daughter goes to the movies with her friends. And my husband and I take our senior, our son who's a senior, um, out to dinner. And the other, our other son's off at college. So we go out to dinner, and then we're just hanging out. Um, it's just, just, you know, spring, spring day, and uh, we're hanging out this particular, it's like a sports bar where we went, and they have this um, trivia game that they placed up on a wall, and, you, you know, you, you have a a device at your table and we're just having fun playing trivia, like being silly after dinner, just, and we, we normally are just get your dinner, leave people. But that night we're just chilling. And it was so crazy. You probably don't know this, but I was, as I'm sitting there, I only have one active t- notification from Twitter that pops up on my, fa- my phone and it's my local fire department. Oh yeah. Because our fire department is very active on social media and they actually tell us whenever there's any type of um, wrecks in the area or road shutdowns because of an accident. And so as a mom with driving teenagers, I find that a very valuable source of information. Plus when you're on the go trying to get around town, you say, okay, well, if there's a wreck on Beatty's Ford, I can go, I can just go ham right to McCoy. And it just kind of reroutes me, but it also keeps me aware of where my children are. You know, if, if there's a, a wreck, I'm like, okay, touch point. Where are you? Are you okay? Everyone's safe. So anyway, so that night we're sitting at the restaurant playing trivia 
And this tweet pops up, notification from the Huntersville Fire Department, and it said, there's a huge storm moving into the Ville, which is what they call Huntersville. Um, and if you're not home, you might want to head that way and um, stay in for the evening. And I looked down and I said, oh, okay, hey, well, I guess there's a storm coming through, so we should, let's just go head home so that we're not driving home in it. And so my husband and we just paid our bill and walked outside. Now here, okay, this is way more information than most people know, but we walked outside and I literally see this, the, the sky was like half normal and half black. It was Ooh. so bizarre where you saw this massive like black section of like the world coming your way. I snapped a picture, Elisa, literally hit reply and tweeted back to the Huntersville Fire Department saying, there sure is a storm coming. Like, yeah. Wow. The picture, like something like that, you know? And, and so it was hilarious because when we pulled in to our house, my 18 year old son, I said, to him, I, I looked at my phone and I said, Oh, that's cool. The Huntersville fire department just retweeted my, my picture I sent. And he's like, you tweeted to the Huntersville fire department, you know, <laughs> teenager. <laughs> I know. I was like, yes. And it was fine. I took a picture of the cloud. Okay. So anyway, it was a funny moment. It was, and then within 30 minutes, like, well, right when we got in, the rain had started. And then all of a sudden it was, it was one of those storms where the sky opens up and lightning and thunder is just rumbling and massive. It was a storm that actually brought hail. Wow. So it was intense, massive. And I, we were home for 30 minutes at that point. I mean, it's pitch black outside and just massive storm. And then all of a sudden it's lightning struck our house. It was as if a bomb went off. It was, it felt like a bomb went off half, then like half the lights of our house went pitch black. The whole house shook and immediately from the other room, my 18 year old screamed, I think we got hit. And I heard my husband screaming down the stairway and, and we all ran out our door to the pitch black pouring rain and tried to figure out if our house had just got struck by lightning. And of course, at first, all we see is nothing because it, the lights had been, you know, zapped out. And, and then my neighbor comes running out of his, he, out of his house and he, and he starts screaming, I think you got hit. I saw lightning hit your house. He was his, his um, office actually faced ours. And so we're all standing out in front of our house, trying to figure out if we got hit. And so we we're, we didn't see anything visibly. So we go back in the house. Brad calls the the fire department, um, and, and Hunter went back and sat on the couch. I was actually getting ready to launch an online Bible study and was actually online at the time. I'm like, literally, I'm like thinking, well, I need to talk about this Bible study now because if my house is on fire, no, I'm not even lying. <laughs> oh no, my word! I know. So all of a sudden, I'm I. I'm talking like two minutes later and I said to the people on, on Facebook live, seriously, I said, Oh my gosh, I smell smoke. I, I gotta go. I think my house is on fire. Cluck. Um, right. Oh and so, word. yeah. And so I hung up and I screamed, I smell smoke. And then my son came, he had gone outside and he had walked around the side of the house and, and, and lightning had struck above our garage over towards my master closet and everything. 
and the house was on fire. He said that it was like a five foot huge gaping hole in the roof with, with smoke and flames billowing out. So all of a sudden, you know, it was scramble, grab. I, I, we got out the dogs, the cars and the computers, and then we had to be out cause it was just all consuming. Mm. And so <laughs> there's the story of the fire. Then, then it's the trusting through it. It was, um, shocking yeah. and, um, it's, it's like when you experience a trauma, it seems, everything seems to happen in slow motion. Um, and y- it just seems so crazy. Can this really be happening to me? Um, as we stood across the street um, in the pouring rain, our whole neighborhood started to flood behind us and beside us. And, you know, then we started to see tangible pictures of God's provision, even while the flames were still burning of people saying, we have an extra room. We'd love to have you. Can you, you guys can stay with us tonight. And, and just, um, you know, and and so even in through in the middle of the trauma, um, started to experience the love of people in community Mm -hmm. and, um, Oh yeah. And so through the shifting of sifting through ashes, which was obviously very real, not just metaphorical in this situation, um, we were displaced, you know, to have to live in another, a rental home for seven months while ours was being rebuilt. It was, um, it was crazy that dealing with all of this, the strains of insurance company details. Oh my word. I I could write a whole book on that. Um, yeah, I bet. And, you know, just then making choices and then have to turn your mind towards once the home was gutted, all of the million decisions you make with decorating, which I'm not going to lie. I really did enjoy. <laughs> okay. I was wondering. <laughs> I, I, I love to throw pretty on things. So, yay, that was fun. Um, but, but the provision of God and um, the letting go, uh, the allowing yourself to grieve, he, you know, it's, it's just, it was, it was rich with lessons. And so, you know, it, would I, would, do I want my house to get struck by lightning again? No, mm-hmm. <laughs> never. Um, but would I change it for all the lessons that I've learned in and through it? I wouldn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, and in the, and in the, in this was a house fire. No, we didn't lose any lives. And, and, and I, you know, I know that there have been much more tragic outcomes in, in fires for um, people that I even know and, 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 or the fires of health problems or the fires of job situations or the fires of finances. We all have our fires. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, God was reminding us through the whole thing, just to keep depending on him, keep trusting him. Mm-hmm. And we had to do it in ways that were uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, inconvenient. Oh my word, inconvenient, painful. But, um, because of that, I feel our faith has grown and I know personally mine has, um, Mm -hmm. I've seen, I mean, I've seen God's fingerprints all over the windows of the whole rebuild, the fire and everything. And, and it's through the remembering, um, you know, and the reflecting that that you grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you feel changed as a person on this side of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, unblinded faith, that's really, <laughs> that's what we're called to. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but it does, that doesn't make it easy. No. You know, 
I mean, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God, that we have to come to him knowing that he is, you know, understanding that Mm -hmm. he is God and we are not. It doesn't mean we get to tell him how to be God. Yeah. 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 It is that yielding to trust, to trust what we cannot see or know because we're putting our trust in a sovereign God who has his hand on us. And I, you know, I think of that, was it, was it God's will that your house got struck by lightning? I think, no, it it was, we live on this side of the fall, lightning strikes, right? Amen. Um, And yet would God be so kind and gracious to teach you more about his character and his provisions through that? Yes. And you, I think you had a choice. Yes. Either to lean in and say, I'm not happy with this guy. I don't like this. This right. isn't what I would choose for myself, but I choose you mm-hmm. in spite of not understanding or knowing. Would you say that's kind of some of the process that you went through? Absolutely. Um, I found, you know, in my life, and, and it's just, it's true in the universe that the way God designed us is that resistance brings strength. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think of, um, I was a college athlete. I was, I've always, you know, we have, a, we're athletic family and you have to get into the weight room and you have to do the work in order to grow and get stronger. And it's the resistance of heavy weights and heavy, which we would say, you know, in life and in faith, that's a heavy burdens. But when we lift those, when we're pushing back against the resistance of the weight, um, with God on our side, it, it strengthens our faith muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. As somebody who <laughs> joined the gym a year ago. <laughs> and interestingly enough, I mean, I this is, I don't know how this plays in, but I was just diagnosed with a syndrome that basically I've had my whole life and didn't know it by name. It's, it's called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It's EDS for short. It, uh, my connective tissue uh, lacks the necessary collagen and so dislocations are, I had four dislocations before I graduated from high school. I tore my ACL in college. Every time I throw myself into some fitness routine, I end up injured. My ankles roll all the time. So lo and behold, I'm like having a blast in Zumba and yoga and I'm getting fit again. And I'm posting about like, woohoo, I'm dancing again. Like, this is great. <sighs> and I also did not post thinking that I was having a heart attack. For a month and a half, had chest pains. I thought, is this heartburn? Am I am I having a heart attack? I finally went to the doctor, and it turns out I basically have inflamed and torn the uh, muscles and the ligaments on my chest, and it is so, so painful. And the way the chiropractor figured it out was where he pressed, I was in a puddle of screaming tears on the table. He was able to reproduce the pain in two seconds. So the normal move for one person, for me with this syndrome, is enough to push me into injury. Interesting. And what's interesting about it is that he said to me, your diagnosis doesn't change your life. This is the life you've already been living. Mm -hmm. It just gives you an explanation. And, And the Lord has convicted me on that because now that I know, there is still relief and still grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there is the sorrow over a loss of what will never be and relief of adjusting expectations of what could be. So oh, girl, it, that'll preach, right? So it's, that'll this, preach. it's this both end. And I think it's so true for our faith. We want to know, 
what's next? What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? But I had a friend say to me, I think it's God's kindness to not let us know what's next because if we did, we couldn't walk into it. I agree. I agree. I love that. And you know what's funny is I actually have something probably different because mine's joint related, but I have MDI. So we all have these, we have these, we have our labels. (laughs) We have lots of letters and diagnoses, but mine stands for multi-directional instability. And so my kids have it too. Thank you. Heredity. (laughs) Yes. Right. Right. Um, But it it stands for multi-directional instability. So, so, you know, as a volleyball player, I could rotate farther than the average person and probably gain more velocity on the ball. And that makes sense. But it also made me more prone to injuries. And I blew my knee out twice. And right now as a, you know, someone who's in their mid forties, I have horrible arthritis in my right knee. Thank you. Yes. With you, sister. Yeah. And so, but, but in order to, I mean, obviously that's something I can't change. It's not going to, it's not going to change as well, but I have been given um, exercises that are specific to strengthen those areas that are inherently weak in me. And that's like, but it takes the disciplines. I know the exercises, but I got to do them in order to have the strength and to stabilize those ligaments in my body. Yes. So it's the same thing as we're talking about. What are the disciplines? What's your quiet time? It is. Those are the stabilizing exercises of our faith to strengthen because we all have these weaknesses. For some, it's fear. For some, it's worry. For some, it's anger. For some, Mm -hmm. it's resentment or gossip or you know, addiction. I mean, there's so many weaknesses that we have, but it doesn't define us or, you know, our limitations are bound by our willingness to address them and to strengthen in whatever discipline is required, you know, according to the word of God. So, I mean, it's just really interesting because we've got, yeah, we've got these diagnoses and these challenges. It's a matter of addressing them. Yeah. And I do think it's interesting that the Lord would allow us to see faith or, or the, the elements of our faith through our physical body. When he describes us as the body of Christ under the headship of Christ, each part with its weaknesses, each part with its, its strengths and how we're supposed to come together as the, the stabilizing force. I love that word that you used uh, within the body of Christ. And so then our biggest mistake, I think, is isolation. I got to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something, you know, just to do a shout out to girlfriends and God. I, I love how you and Mary and, and Sharon are a reflection to me of the body of Christ working together. Very three, three very different personalities, three so different sets different. of gift, gift So gifts, different. Right? Yes. And yet you come together and you provide a ministry, both event-based and then online, that... I, I hope, and my hope and prayer is that as people watch what you're doing, that they'll see you're, you're one of three in that component. Where can they be one of three in the life that they're living right now, instead of trying to do all this spiritual discipline stuff all by themselves? And I think it's true that we don't just isolate from other people, which is true because we want every, if everyone doesn't act like us, it's just ridiculous. Right. Um, but so I know that, you know, we can become agitated with people who are in a different personality spectrum as us or, or whatever, um, have different interests or different ways of responding and communicating. But I see that it's not just, you know, isolating from other people. It's isolating from God in my life. I, 
I like to just say, I got this one and I take the ball and I run with it. And I forget to come back and say, is this okay? Or, or, or go ahead, you take the lead, Lord. I think that sometimes I'm the, I'm like the leader. Um, and so mm-hmm. one of the scriptures, when you were even saying that, that, that popped into my mind was, was um, Galatians 3, 3. And this one always convicts my heart. It says, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Oh, that's good. Oh, is that not good? I mean, I'm like Galatians 3.3. 3. I'm always saying to myself, but that's where the power of memorized memorization work, uh, really, really can help inform your behaviors. Because if I find myself, you know, recognizing I'm doing this initiative, I'm trying to mobilize this without going to the Lord. I just start that speaking. Are you so foolish that you, you know, that you would... After beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? And if that becomes our dialogue, it's a good, it's a good redirect. It, it, it reestablishes the plumb line yes. of focus, you know, for a heart. But I think that's great. That's uh, and that's a great place to kind of end with the, the challenge, right? Before our listeners, before each other here, what is the truth that we're choosing to live by? Because if you did not know that that was in scripture, that would not be something the Holy Spirit could draw upon to remind you of your behavior. Exactly. So, you know, with Unblinded Faith or my other book, Meet the New You, the whole concept is we need to take in truth to change our living and be in the word. That's why with this podcast, we read scripture because you have your opinion. I have my opinion. But what does the word say? Exactly. How is it? it going about the business that God designed, which is to change us. And I'm going to read this verse again. Um, Joshua's still open for me. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. And I would add, but by the grace of God that we would obey. That that through the power of of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus Christ in our life, because of our own flesh, you and I both know, failure and fools <laughs> big time big time <laughs> right right so is there a challenge or a word of encouragement you want to leave with our listeners before we wrap up today yeah i mean i'm just going to go right back to it and just say wherever you find yourself um whatever fears failings fumblings um are in your day in your month in your past in your present um, I just want to encourage you in Christ to press on, to take possession of the promises of God that are ours in Christ. Read Ephesians 1 this week. Um, just recognize that the fullness of God is already um, upon us when we call on him as Christ, uh, call on Christ as Savior, and that we just need to, you know, through obedience and continual surrender, step into um, those promises and, and just believe it's just, it's a choice that you make to move forward. So I encourage you today, move forward. That's excellent. So Gwen, where can everybody find you online? Just I am at gwensmith.net. Remember I'm a volleyball player. You have to hit it over the net. So gwensmith.net. <laughs> and I love to connect with people and talk all day on Instagram, which I probably spend too much time on, but check me out. That's at gwensmithmusic. I'm going to wrap us up in a word of prayer, and then we will fully wrap our our episode. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time that you've given us. Thank you for Gwen and and her love of your word, for her uh, having returned to you all those years ago and continuing to remain steadfast uh, in her faith and in the ministry that you've given her. Thank you for the way she leads uh, so many of us into worship. 
uh, and into just dwelling in the richness and the, the kindness and the freedom of your word. God, may we both be women who meditate on your word day and night and that we'd be locked arm in arm uh, with the women that you have on the other end of this uh, recording and the other end of our ministry work. God, thank you that we are not set apart, but that we are together in you, chosen holy and dearly loved. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and making us a way to live new in you. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for the More to Be podcast. Be sure to check out our show notes and free downloads at moretobe.com slash podcast. We look forward to connecting with you and helping you live transformed and think biblically.